welcome to the Helping Families Be Happy podcast, where we explore the often messy world of family, love, and relationships. I'm your host for this podcast, Christopher Robbins, the co-founder of Familiarist Publishing, husband, father of nine, author, fly fisherman, backpacker, aspirational musician, based in the Central Valley of California. We hope to bring you nourishing real-life information about love, family, relationships, and life. Now, I am totally stoked to introduce today's guest, Sean Thompson. Now, Sean Thompson is a former world surfing champion and has been described as one of the greatest and most influential surfers of all time. He is an inductee in the U.S., Jewish, and South African Sports Hall of Fame. Sean is also a world-renowned leadership mentor, entrepreneur, environmentalist, and best-selling author. Today, we're going to explore principles of successful living from his most recent book, The Surfer and the Sage, How to Survive and Ride Life's Waves. The information shared aligns with the familiar habits, learn and play. You can learn more about the Familias 10 Habits of Happy Families by going to the Habit Hub blog on Familias.com. Now, Sean, what a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. It's great to be here, Christopher. And I just want to say thank you for um, the wonderful job that you and the team did in producing this book. I saw it for the first time two days ago. So there was great excitement uh, in my house and we've had a lot of friends and different people uh, look at it because it's the only copy available at this point in time in the United States. So there been, has been a lot of excitement um, about the book, about the look of the book, uh, but I think primarily about the message of the book. And obviously the message is to help people who have been enduring <clears throat> these turbulent waves during the last uh, two years. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you brought up waves. Now, you, you, you have done so many different things. So you're more than a surfer. So just briefly, give us a little bit of a background of you know, how you got into surfing and, and the world championships and then and what you've got done be after that, because you're, you're very much engaged in helping the world be a better place. <laughs> yeah, that's my primary mission is to help people activate a code to make their lives better. Um, I started surfing when I was very young, when I was nine years old in Durban, South Africa. My father was a beach boy. He was one of South Africa's top swimmers um, and uh, was uh, destined to go to the Olympics. He, he wanted to compete in the Olympics and win a gold for his country. Uh, unfortunately, the Second World War intervened. And after he came back from the Second World War and, and, and started up his training again, he was very badly attacked by a shark uh, while surfing. Um, at his local beach, uh, nearly ripped his right arm off, destroyed his uh, ability to swim. So he never um, never was able to compete in the Olympics, but never lost the great love that he had for the ocean and taught me how to swim and surf a couple of hundred yards away from where he'd been attacked. So he was a man of, of great hope and optimism, as was my mom. My mom also had to endure terrible trials and tribulations during her youth, she grew up on the island of Malta in the Second World War, which was the most heavily bombed place in the history of the world. It was a, a, a British naval base, and it was attacked by the Nazis and the Italians in the wave after wave of air attack. Uh, and for four years, she lived in underground shelters. 
and ultimately was evacuated when the entire island started starving and ended up in, in South Africa in Durban. I met my dad on the beach. They fell in love and ultimately got married. So the beach world was a big part of my life. <clears throat> I started uh, surfing very young, ultimately loved it, uh, and went on to become a world champion, won many events around the world, helped, uh, I helped create the professional surfing with, with, with a group of my friends and, and a couple of administrators, helped build the surfing industry. I started my first uh, surfing brand called Instinct when I was uh, in my early 20s which went on to become a market-leading brand. And I went on to sponsor other surfers who went on to become world champions. Tom Carroll from Australia won two world titles when he was sponsored by, by Instinct. Uh, another kid, uh, Barton Lynch, became a world champion in, in 1988. So it was really interesting to be sponsoring these surfers and competing against them at the same time. Uh, so in, in many ways, uh, even from my early days, I became a mentor to people, and I loved doing it. I loved help, helping young people be the best they could be. I became involved in environmental causes at a young age. Uh, I was one of the first members and the first ambassador for Surfrider Foundation, which today is the biggest surfing environmental group uh, in the world. We have millions of activists, supporters around the world. I wrote the copy for their first ad, Do a Good Turn Today, and I've been intimately involved with the organization uh, for many years. After I retired from the tour, I ended up working, I sold Instinct. I worked for Patagonia for a couple of years, that wonderful, wonderful brand, purpose-driven brand. Learned a lot about business from, purpose-driven business from, from Patagonia and Yvonne Chenard, the founder. And then my wife, Carla, and I started our, our own brand called Solitude that we ran for, for a number of years. Uh, which became successful, and then ultimately we sold it to a publicly traded company. And then uh, with the, with your encouragement uh, and inspiration and my co-author, Patrick Moser, we launched our first book, Surface Code, that today has been gone through, I think, 17 different printings. It's been a, been a very popular book, maybe the biggest selling book ever in, in the history of, of surfing. And then um, as the book was about to be released, my wife and I lost our, our beautiful son, Matthew, our first son, uh, played a dangerous game that he learned about at school called the choking game. All the kids wore school ties, and you know we'll never really know whether, whether this game and his involvement in it was like peer pressure or bullying. We, 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 we're not sure, but I became uh, very uh, focused on creating a framework for positive decision-making amongst youth and consequently wrote a second book at, at the old firm that, that you used to run at, at, uh, and, and produced The Code, which also became a, a popular book for, for a while there. It was number one on uh, Amazon and in, in, in the team section. And then uh, I embarked on a role of, of speaking, of public speaking, and showing this method that, had come from surface code and then from the code as a way to activate positive decision-making. And I went back to university. I went back and, and studied a master of, of science and leadership, uh, the, the art and science of influence and inspiration, because I was fascinated with, with decision-making. And now I work with some of the, the world's largest companies, some of the world's fastest growing companies, drug rehabilitation clinics, uh, prisons, 
schools, universities, some of the finest schools and universities in the land, um, Kellogg Business School, USC, Marshall School of Management, uh, uh, University of Oregon, Missouri State, uh, Claremont Graduate University, Rotterdam School of Management for schools, Cape Town University, schools across the world, students across the world. Uh, shortly, I'm doing an event for 2,000 students at, at, at Missouri State. And it's all connected ultimately to values. When I wrote this little code card, Surface Code, it was written to inspire young people to become more connected to the environment. And I wrote 12 lines, every line beginning with, um, I will, a code, 12 commitments. And now when I do work with these groups all over the world, everyone writes their code, 12 lines, every line beginning with, I will. It's a way to find your purpose, find your path. Uh, it's a way to, in, in, in many ways, to articulate your values. And our values are often so unspoken, but articulating your values in the context of a 12-line code. And then people have really responded to it. And, and I've read millions and millions of, of, of lines of code. And, and while everyone writes something different, we only write two things because our life purpose can be defined in two lines of code. And, and one is, I will be better. We have this compulsion. We want to be better today than we were yesterday. We want to be better tomorrow than we are today. And the other line is, I'll help others be better, which really is this human compulsion to help others and to be part of a of a wider community. So, so this book, the new book, Server and the Sage, is really a continuation of, of that philosophy. And when I met uh, Noah Ben-Shir, uh, my co-author, and then we just had this instant connection, he said, hey, Sean, let's write a book together. And I went, cool. And I know what we're going to call it, The Surfer and the Sage. It just happened organically, instantaneously it just it just happened and then we decided like how many chapters are we going to write and now as a, a student or a scholar not a student a scholar of the torah he studied the torah the five books of moses the first five books of the of the bible and he studied torah for 30 years he, he, he's a torah teacher and i said how many chapters like what's the real number of significance and he said, 18. I said, why 18? He said, because 18 in Hebrew is chai, and chai means life. So that's what the, the little book is about. It's about this, this guy from two guys that have, I think, traveled far, different perspectives, studied, experience loss and suffering and and it's, and it's just our little guide to help people to help people be better to perhaps help their families be better but ultimately to help them live a better life <laughs> well that's a that's a wonderful introduction really there's so much right there that we could we could talk about and thank you for the great work that you're doing 
you know, I, um, of course, I've, I've read each of your books, having been involved in two of the three. I remember one of the I wills, uh, if I remember it, uh, I will never turn my back on the ocean. And, you know, I don't think there's a person alive who hasn't stood out looking at the ocean and just just or, uh, to be amazed at the vastness of how big the ocean is relative to how small we are and to hear that surf pound and that it's, it's just, it's an amazing experience. And I wonder as a surfer and as an environmentalist, what has the ocean taught you? Well, that is a, um, that's a, that's a, that's a big question because the ocean has taught me so much about the basic principles of life. And I like to think when I wrote Surface Code, those 12 lines, that was a distillation of everything that the ocean had taught me about life in the form of 12 commitments, 12 metaphors. And the first line of the Surface Code was the line that you mentioned, I'll, I'll never turn my back on the ocean. And that has many, that one line itself has many different can have many different meanings in, in terms of how you look at the line and how you look at the ocean. So, so firstly, it might mean I'll never turn my back on the ocean because there's danger associated with it. And certainly there is, as evidenced by my father and the shark attack, a place of turbulence by a place of, of great force. So that's one aspect of it. The other aspect of it is that, man, me as a surfer, I've gotten so much from the ocean. I've become a world champion. I've built businesses. I've built a life out of it. I've got to give back. So there's a component there of responsibility. You've given, you've gotten so much that you have this responsibility to give back, to protect it, to become an environmentalist. And then there's, there's another aspect Still, that, and I think of my father, man, he loved the ocean. He had this terrible attack, and he didn't turn his back and just walk away from it and do something else. He, he maintained that wonderful connectivity and that wonderful love and passed it onto his son. So, what have I learned from surfing? I wrote it down in the surface code, and in those 12 lines were the 12 statements that I think were everything. That I learned. And, and, and people ask me, you know, Sean, you wrote that code so many years ago. I did a, a, a conference for a group of CEOs yesterday. And they said to me, um, you know, when you read your code, do you ever want to change it? And, and I go, well, I believe my code and our codes that we write are timeless. It's not a set of goals like a smart goal, specific, measurable, achievable, relevant time-sensitive. There's nothing time-sensitive. It's, it's timeless. I wrote about passion. I wrote about responsibility. I wrote about commitment. I wrote about camaraderie. I wrote about connectivity. I wrote about creativity. I wrote about inspiration. I wrote about resilience and perseverance and courage and faith and hope and optimism. So I've learned from surfing so much about the essential building blocks of character, values, and life. Certainly, my parents have had an impact, a big impact too. 
But surfing has, it's been a, a source of solace to me. It's been a source of inspiration. It's been a way I've become a, a world champion. And also, it's been a teacher. There, again, there's a tremendous amount there. I, I was going to ask you about surfing and, and life parallels, but you've already covered some of those. So, um, you know, let's, at the beginning of the book, you say this world is too often too broken for too many. So we're here to help make a few repairs and help you make a few of your own. So, you know, I think I think almost everyone can relate that the last few years of our lives have been disruptive. Right. And it's and it's still disruptive with, uh, you know, we have ongoing conflicts in the world. How can this book help us with perhaps the anxiety that we're seeing in the world, particularly with the youth? How, how can what have you learned in surfing? What have you learned in writing the book that could help? A family deal with the, the, the anxiety that, that perhaps some are experiencing today. It's interesting that 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 you bring up you bring up that word anxiety. So over the last two years, since February 20, since COVID hit and our world was turned upside down, I've spoken to maybe 150,000 people, maybe more. In, in all sectors of the economy, all sectors of education, all, all different areas. And I ask people, send me a word that describes how you're feeling. So they'll send me a word and I'll create a word, I use this cool technology and I'll create a word cloud on the spot. So I, I've had the opportunity of reading hundreds of thousands of words about how people are feeling. So I call it a sad mindset. So the principal words have been these, stress, anxiety, depression, disconnection. So those, are, those have been the four words. So you mentioned anxiety. So how, how can we help deal with this fear, this, this fear of the unknown, this fear of the future, this anxiety? And what this anxiety has done, as I see it, it's made, number one, people fearful. But it's made people angry. 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 As evidence by a few nights ago at the Academy Award, Will Smith should have been the greatest moment of his life. A comedian maybe made a crass joke, an off-color joke. But he was so angry that he got up there and, and, and gave the comedian a, a smack. So it sort of altered the behavior of people by making them so angry. Uh, what's happened in, in the Ukraine, the anger of Putin. So this book, we hope, Noah and I hope, that this book is a calming book, that this book can perhaps take you through some of the stories and Noah's uh, a philosophical interpretation of the story, just to this calming area of the ocean. When, you, when, I, when I, I just came back from the beach with my wife and you just sit there on a bench and you look out at the ocean, even if I don't go into the water, I don't go surfing, 
there's a sense of, of calm. And also, when you just pick up the book and you look at it, there's a sunrise as the main graphic motif of the book. And, and what does the sun represent? The sun represents a new day. It represents hope. It represents optimism. So that's what we are hoping to achieve, that when you read the book, the book is cognizant that there is a duality in life. That's why every chapter mentions the duality. It mentions the dark and the light. It mentions the positive and the negative. This is not just a book that talks about this concept of hope and this concept of optimism. This is a book that talks about faith, but it talks about doubt too. It talks about forgiveness, yes, but it talks about guilt as well. It talks about optimism, yes, but it talks about pessimism as well. So both of us are aware that you have to see both aspects of life in order to make a positive step forward for a better life. Yeah. I was fascinated that makes by that. Sense. But as I was reading it, um, guilt and forgiveness, hubs and humility, fear and courage. Every every chapter of the 18 chapters, which of course is focused on, on life, are opposites. And and you know, um, I totally believe in in that there is there, it must need to be that there is opposition in all things. You, you have to taste the bitter too. To know the sweet. Yeah. Um, so that's yeah. really helpful. I, I, I'm with you. You know, we, we both we both believe that. And and you know, I, I love the fact that Christopher, that um Noah and I weren't involved in the this graphic element. And where it came from on the familiar's team, I don't know, but it, it is so representative of where us as humankind need to be, it's the sunrise. There's been darkness and now there's a new sunrise. And when, when I lost, when my wife and I lost our beautiful boy, Matthew, to this dreadful game, this poor decision that he made, in our discussions, we use the word stoke a lot. <laughs> Especially me, it's my, it's my favorite. It's my favorite word, and uh, it's a it's a very popular surfer word to describe exhilaration, to describe happiness, to describe. I mean, in a literal sense, it's like stoking the fire. Stoke, you know, you think of a a fire, and and when you look at the cover, you think of this fire associated with the sun. But but when I lost uh, when we lost our boy. Uh, my stoke went out. I had no enthusiasm for life. Certainly, I had no enthusiasm to go surfing again. And a friend of mine from school kept phoning me, oh, Sean, you've got to come surfing, you've got to come surfing. And I had, I had no design. After a couple of months, eventually I went, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go surfing. So he took me to a beach I'd, I'd never surfed before. And as we walked down the steps to paddle out, just the two of us, the sun was rising. We're on the East Coast, so the sun rises. It rises out of the sea. 
And when I look at the cover of the book, it reminds me of that sun rising as my friend and I were walking to the surfing break and I paddled out through through the water. And when the waves broke on me, they, they washed away. It's just like they washed away my tears because I was crying and I, I caught my first wave. <clears throat> and I could just feel that Matthew was with me and I caught another wave and I just started to feel better. And after a few waves, I paddled up to my friend and I said, what's the name of this break? And he said, it's Sunrise. How about that? And then the cover of this book, without my knowledge, without my input, represents Sunrise. So, you know, there's these wonderful, unique connections that happen in life. Noah and I just connected over lunch we have this wonderful connectivity with the book and, 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 and my path to healing. And perhaps this book can, can help people heal too from that the is, turbulence. That is our hope. That that's, the whole, yeah. that's the whole point of Familius is to help families be happy. Individuals, families, whatever type of family you have. Now, we don't. We, we could talk with you for hours, but we only have a few couple, a couple minutes left. Let me ask you this: I mean, you you've lived the life, you've experienced so much, you've been so successful, you've had success, you've had tragedy in your life, and and you've written this book to provide that insight to other people. But was there a moment in writing this book where you learned something? You had an aha moment, something you hadn't realized before. Well, that is, uh, you're throwing me some good, good questions here, uh, uh, Christopher. You know, writing is, I find it very challenging and, and very daunting. You know, when, when we sat down and, okay, well, let's write a book. I came to the realization that you've got to just write that word. Well, when I say, you know, write it, I didn't write longhand, but you've got to just get that word down. And then the other words come. It's sort of like a wave, a set of waves. It's like you don't just have one wave coming. You have the one wave coming, and then the other waves just keep coming behind it. But you've got to write the word you've got to you've got to, you got to get out into the ocean well yeah i think my mind has to get out to the ocean and you have to make that commitment you've got to write the word you know people come up to me all the time oh you know i'm, I'm gonna write a book i want to write a book like how do you do it i go well just Write a write a word. <laughs> so, One word at a time. I, I really came to you know, and it sounds so simple. And, and I've done tons of writing in my life, and I've got two other books. But with this book, it it was get that word down because we 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 formatted it and we hadn't written a page. You know, we like this is what we're going to do, and so there was a lot of blank space. And for me, it was just get the word down, and then the other words come. It's amazing how many connections there are. I mean, just what you said about, you know, the waves, there's one after and after another. But in order for you to experience all of that, you have to go out. You have to trust. You have to take risk. And, you know, I love the quote by Goethe. 
who said, whatever you can believe you can do, begin it. Boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. And, yeah. and so and I think that connects with anyone. So what Sean's advice is, you know, one word at a time, one, one step at a time, you know, one life moment at a time is what builds, you know, that, that complete life journey. Well, Sean, it's been an absolute. Just one second. Uh, so, you, you know, when I do these events for hundreds of thousands of people, I start out with a statement, words have power. Our words have power to change our mindset. Our words have, have power. And I'm hoping that some of these words that people read in the book give people power to make a change, to make their lives better. And you read that beautiful quote from Guta. So I want to read this quote from, from one of my favorite authors when I was a teenager. And I, and I have it stuck up on my computer, and it's by Albert Camus. I think it's from his book, The Outsider. I, I can't remember. Uh, but anyway, he, he writes, in the midst of winter, I found there was within me an invincible summer. And that makes me happy. For it says, no matter how hard the world pushes against me, within me, there's something stronger, something better, pushing right back. <laughs> and those are words. <laughs> Great. That's fantastic. Very inspiring. I know that there's a lot we can take today and uh, to inspire us to be a little bit better, to uh, have a little bit more courage, to, to press on regardless of our, of our challenges. Now, where can our guests find you online, Sean? You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. I, I love to post on LinkedIn. You can find me on Instagram. Uh, or you can just uh, go to my website, seanthompson.com, S-H-A-U-N-T-O-M-S-O-N.com. There's a way that you can direct email me on the front page of the uh, website. I love to connect with people. If anyone wants to connect with me with comments, with advice, with pleasure, I, I, I love to connect. Wonderful. Well, as we conclude today's podcast, I'd like to thank Familias for the support in bringing this podcast to your ears and your heart. We'd be thrilled if you subscribed to the podcast and left us a review. And when you're ready for that next amazing book adventure, we'd be honored if you chose a book from Familias. One step at a time, we can make the world a happier place. Thank you. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Christopher. It's been a true honor. Thank you. Thank you for the wonderful work with the book. I'm so stoked. <laughs>